was the Sunday Escape. Goodbye. Stay classy. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top stories. The former security secretary says the government was right to ban the Hong Kong National Party. The welfare minister claims income inequality is not as bad in Hong Kong as Oxfam's figure would have you believe. And the, the official death toll from Friday's earthquake and tsunami in Sulawesi passes the 400 mark. The former security secretary Lai Tong Kwok has defended the government's heavy-handed approach of banning the pro-independence Hong Kong National Party from operating, saying it's important to nip such ideas in the bud. Mr. Lai stressed that Article 1 of the Basic Law clearly stipulates that the SAR is an inseparable part of China and there is therefore absolutely no room for discussion of the possibility of Hong Kong breaking away from the mainland. Mr. Lai, who is now a vice chairman of the New People's Party, was asked if this amounts to oppression and whether it would result in even more resistance from local youngsters. I think the law is here. One of the government's responsibility is to enforce the law. Of course, on the other hand, we should make people fully appreciate and understand what the importance of uh, obeying the law. After all, in a Hong Kong society, we all live here under the protection of the law. So uh, I am not worried that the recent action taken by the government will give the young people feeling that they are oppressed. The Labour and Welfare Secretary, Lao Zikong, has hit back at Oxfam's recent remarks that income inequality in Hong Kong has worsened. The group revealed last week that the city's latest Gini coefficient, an index from zero to one that measures the wealth gap, is at its highest since the city began keeping records 45 years ago. The latest figure of 0.539 is well above the warning level of 0.4. But in his blog, Mr. Law said the figure is misleading because it only takes into account the situation before people receive government subsidies. After factoring in government help, the Gini coefficient should only be 0.473, which is slightly lower than the figure reported in 2011. He stressed that the current government has done a lot to eradicate poverty by investing heavily in social welfare. Rescue workers in the Indonesian city of Palu have been struggling to reach people trapped in the rubble of buildings that were brought down by Friday's earthquake. More than 400 people are known to have died in the earthquake and tsunami that struck the island of Sulawesi. Dani Merhi of the International Red Cross outlined the scale of the problem. There have been more than 130 aftershocks. Many people are still uh, buried under the, uh, the rubble and the collapsed buildings. Uh, dozens of buildings and facilities were uh, severely damaged, including hospitals. We're estimating that more than 1.6 million of people have been affected by this earthquake and tsunami. The Secretary for Food and Health, Sophia Chan, says the government will step up its rodent eradication measures after a local man was recently infected with a strain of hepatitis E that was previously present only in rats. Speaking to reporters after attending an event, the health chief said the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department will target back alleys and areas with a lot of eateries. She added that officials will also step up inspection and enforcement works to make sure people abide by public, public hygiene laws. DAB lawmaker Holden Chow has called on the government to take appropriate action to make sure Hong Kong companies can ride out the effects of the trade war between the U.S. and China. Speaking on RTHK's letter to Hong Kong, Mr. Chow said the dispute is arousing grave concern among local people. 
He said there were logical fal fallacies in U.S. President Donald Trump's decision to impose tariffs on Chinese goods and doing so wouldn't bring manufacturing jobs back to the U.S. Mr. Chow said while the trade war rumbles on, the government here should provide short to medium term relief to help local businesses. Small and medium sized companies have grave concerns over their cash flow management. The Hong Kong SAR government should carry out appropriate measures. For instance, facilitating companies in arranging short to medium term loans so that the cash flow would remain intact in order to survive the trade war. Over 70 volunteers have headed to remote areas around Hong Kong, such as the island of Ap Chao, to help clean up after severe Typhoon Mangkut left a trail of destruction two weeks ago. Houses there were badly damaged and the beach was inundated with garbage and fallen trees. The few villagers who currently live on the tiny island in the northeastern New Territories said the hygiene situation is deteriorating and urged the government to step up its cleanup efforts. The Food and Environmental Hygiene Department, for its part, said it has already removed more than 600 kilograms of trash. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Elon Musk, the billionaire co founder of the U.S. electric car maker Tesla, has agreed to stand down as its chairman to avoid a fraud prosecution by federal regulators. He'll remain Tesla's chief executive officer, but he and the firm will each pay a $20 million U.S. dollar fine. The Securities and Exchange Commission said Mr. Musk had misled investors. The BBC's Alex Ritson reports. Elon Musk is regarded by his fans as a visionary genius, founding the best known and most valuable electric car company, among other potentially world changing ventures. But he has a turbulent relationship with Wall Street. Authorities began their investigation after a bizarre tweet from Mr. Musk last month, in which he indicated that he had the money to buy all the Tesla shares listed on the US stock market and would pay investors $420 a share. Tesla's share price soared on the news, only to sink again when it turned out to be completely untrue. The FBI has started its investigation of sexual misconduct allegations against President Trump's nominee for the U.S. Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh. A lawyer for Deborah Ram Ramirez, the second woman to bring the accusations, said his client had been approached by FBI agents and has agreed to be interviewed. President Trump ordered the investigation on Friday, speaking at a rally in West Virginia to support the Republican candidate for November's congressional elections. The president again endorsed his choice for the Supreme Court. A vote to confirm Judge Kavanaugh is a vote to confirm one of the most accomplished legal minds of our time, a jurist with a sterling record of public service. North Korea's foreign minister has told the United Nations General Assembly that continued sanctions are deepening its mistrust of the United States. He indicated Pyongyang would refuse to give up its nuclear weapons under such circumstances. The BBC's Chris Buckler reports. The North Korean foreign minister, Ri Yong-ho, said the United States had failed to respond to what he described as Pyongyang's significant goodwill measures. North Korea desperately wants an easing of sanctions – and it has the support of China and Russia. But the US is insisting that they will stay in place until it gives up its nuclear weapons. Tens of thousands of women in Brazil have taken to the streets across the country to protest against the far-right presidential candidate Jair Bolsonaro. Mr Bolsonaro, who is leading most opinion polls for next Sunday's vote, has angered many Brazilians with remarks perceived as sexist, racist and homophobic. Here's the BBC's Katie Watson. These marches have taken place in cities throughout Brazil as well as abroad. 
The movement started with a Facebook group asking people to come out onto the streets. In a matter of weeks, the number of members has grown to nearly 4 million people. Mr Bolsonaro has just been released from hospital after being stabbed at a campaign rally earlier this month. He's a man who's loved and hated in equal measure. His supporters say he's the only candidate who can really change Brazil. His detractors, though, worry that it won't be a change for the better. There's been an embarrassment for Britain's governing Conservatives as they prepare for the opening of their annual party conference. The party, which is confronting deep divisions over Brexit, has been forced to update a conference app after a security glitch led to pranksters phoning senior ministers. The BBC's Chris Mason has the details. On the very day a cabinet minister expressed his concern about Facebook's security breach, the Conservative Party has had to say sorry for its own. This conference hasn't even started yet, but officials are already rattled after users of the app discovered that if they had an attendee's email address, they could access their photograph and telephone number. This included the personal information of senior members of the government. In a statement, a spokesman for the party said what he called the technical issue had now been resolved and the app was now functioning securely. The pioneering US blues singer and guitarist Otis Rushed has died at the age of 84. Otis Rush was a leading figure in the Chicago blues scene of the 1950s and 60s. His music influenced a generation of rock musicians. His biggest hit, I Can't Quit You Baby, was covered by both Led Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones. To end the news, our top stories once again. The former security secretary says the government was right to ban the Hong Kong National Party. The welfare minister claims income inequality is not as bad in Hong Kong as Oxfam's figure would have you believe. And the official death toll from Friday's earthquake and tsunami in Sulawesi passes the 400 mark. The news from RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience.